All right, guys, our next guest is known for his excellent work at ESPN, just smashing out can't miss interview after can't miss interview at an astonishing rate, but also notably for being Brad Pitt's body double in Fight Club and also face double. A real slice of nice in the world of MMA media, Brett the Threat Okamoto. Welcome back to Submission Radio, man. It's good to see your handsome mug again. How have you been? I've been good, guys. I've been good. Yeah, it's been too long. I can't even remember the... uh... The last time we did one of these, so when I got the invite, I was uh, I was excited. Thanks for having me. Nah, the pleasure is all ours, Brett. And also, we need to bring some sunshine into 2021 because I was just thinking about it before. You had uh, Khabib retiring, Conor McGregor lost, uh, Hamza Chimaev. Who knows what's going to happen with him in the future? And now Israel Adesanya. Not that it's bad to see you know Polish power be able to sort of secure that spot in history, but a lot of fans disappointed to see him lose as well this past weekend. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, as, as much as Connor losing is sad for a lot of people, Dustin winning was, was very happy for, 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 you know, a bunch of others. And, uh, it, it is definitely sad to see Habib retire, but I almost more associate that with the 2020 thing. I mean, I haven't been one of those people who really thought that Habib was coming back. So that still to me is a, is a 2020 story, but you're, you're right. Um, the fights have been great. The events have been great. Um, but yeah, I mean, you had you had Camaro uh, being sad about uh, you know smashing Gilbert, his friend's dreams, and you know mm-hmm. Izzy coming up short with the double champ. You're right, you get you guys got me in a negative mood now. I thought it'd been a pretty good year so far in 2021. All right, let's let's wrap on that. Let's let's end on a negative. No, but now now you're here, Brett's mm-hmm. here, the sunshine in our lives. I think with Israel, it was just it was exciting to see uh, the limits of what somebody could do. If he if he won here, all of a sudden John Jones at heavyweight kind of opens up, and you're like, ah, oh, dare to dream. Whereas now that's kind of on the back burner but i want to ask you what, what was the biggest surprise for you of how that fight uh played out um and do you think that in a way we all just kind of underestimated how good yan had really become we all we knew he'd come a long way since that two and four record but maybe we didn't expect that he was that good i think that we 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 were becoming more and more aware of how good he is um just because it's it's almost impossible not to. It was almost like that was kind of the story after the last one when he uh, beat Dominic Reyes in such dominant fashion. We're like, man, we've been sleeping on this guy, you know? So I think it was more a sense of if he was being underrated coming into this one, it's not because any of us didn't think he was good. It's just that we thought Israel is, you know, a, a generational type talent. And he might still be. It's just, uh, you know, he was unsuccessful in his first move up to 205. I think the thing that surprised me the most in the fight was how well Jan did from a kickboxing range. Mm. You know, I really thought that, uh, there were ways for Jan to win the fight. I just didn't think that he, I didn't think he'd have much success when it was uh, sort of fought as, on the outside as a kickboxing range. You even heard, you know, the broadcasters saying the same thing that, like, you know, after that first round, it's like, man, Jan's playing a dangerous game. He's playing a, a kickboxing type fight with a kickboxer. But uh, I even, I even turned to someone next to me in that fourth round. I want to say, and I was like, man. Jan is hitting him with a lot of jabs. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like Jan does not look like the fastest guy in the world. And, and Izzy is, is a very, very, very deft striker with good defense. And he's just popping that jab out and, and landing it almost at will. So I, I just, that was to me, that was not shocking that Jan won. I had picked Izzy, full disclosure, but it was not shocking to me that he won. But the fact that he could even kind of hang and in some cases be better than Izzy uh, at times from a, from a distance was was definitely surprising. Love DC, but we saw he made the comment about how, to him, he still believes, you know, John Jones is the best 205er out there, even after this win. Um, what do you think this sort of win does for Jan? Do you believe that sort of turns the narrative for a lot of people to, right, this guy is the champ of the division, he's here to stay? Or is it still the question marks of, okay, he beat Israel, but it's not John Jones, and John Jones left without sort of fighting him? 
I think it's probably the latter, unfortunately. I think you can have kind of both, which may sound impossible because they're two, you know, completely different thoughts. But I think you can say that, yeah, Jan is the best 205-er because John Jones is not a 205-er anymore. You know, I mean, you can say that he is the legitimate champion. With, with DC, I almost feel like it was slightly different because John was still a 205-er. He just wasn't eligible to fight sometimes. Like now, it just, at least me personally, it feels like, like John is on this other kind of path now. It's almost like, you know, continuing to say that... Um, you know, just one of these guys that have moved in weight, like uh, now I'm blanking on a good example, but it's, it's once a guy leaves a weight class, I mean, it's almost like saying that uh, Max Holloway can't be the best featherweight or Alex Volkanovsky can't be the best featherweight because Connor, you know, is is, is still kind of looming out mm. there. I mean, I know it's a little bit of a, of a, a poor uh, uh, comparison because John was there for so long, but at least for me personally, guys, like I, I want to see Jan fight John. That's a fight that I would very much be interested in. But in terms of, you know, giving Jan his due, I, I give it to him now, um, now that he beat Izzy. And, and and even though I would love to see that fight with John Jones, I don't necessarily hold that against uh, Jan and say he's a paper champion because John is, is not a 205er anymore. I mean, he's putting on, on weight and he's going to be a heavyweight. Do you feel like Jan is here to stay as champ? And do you also think that there's a narrative here where if he does remain champion, we see a rematch with him in Israel, or do you think this is kind of like a one and done thing? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on ever seeing that rematch. It's, it's possible, and the reason it is quite possible is just because you look at what Izzy is going back down to 185 for, and you just wonder how long his, um, his interest will be held there if he continues to win. Now, if he loses the, the title, obviously, then that changes everything, and he'll be a middleweight for you know the long term but if he goes back down i mean you're looking at that kind of middleweight tournament in april where you've got you know whitaker and costa and marvin Vittori and darren till he's already beat three of those four mm. so if he runs out of challenges pretty quickly i mean this is a guy who a likes to fight frequently so any challenges that do emerge in 185 if he is winning he's going to get through them very quickly and, and b he wants to challenges he understands um you know the um the appeal of going after things like like double champions and going after things like like John Jones, so that's not going to go away with this. So, I guess it would uh, it would be contingent upon if if Jan continues to win and looks great, and if Izzy, you know, defends that title a few more times and then says, okay, I'm going to go up to 205 permanently. I think that if I made changes, you know, long term, and I, I instead of just jumping up and not adding any weight and just fighting to my natural weight if i take some time to transform my body a little bit then that narrative will be different and, and it'll be a narrative that people can buy into that hey this is izzy now not just fighting as a, a 205er as a 185er he's actually kind of moving up in weight then you could make that that fight but i think we're, we're pretty still kind of far removed from that i mean I, I would think that there'd be more of a chance to see jan and John Jones before we saw Jan and Izzy fight again. Mm. And the Jan John Jones thing, I guess that could happen if, for whatever reason, John Jones's heavyweight debut, you know, doesn't really go as as planned, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it just depends on. It looks like John is adding a lot of weight mm. now. John has like added weight before, you know, in, in, in the off season uh, when he in between fights, we've seen him balloon up sometimes. The OSP been, fight, which he didn't yeah, look great. Sometimes it's been, Elder, right? Uh, balloon up. And then other times it was kind of uh, having a beer gut belly up. So he's <laughs> done both. But then he's shown the ability to go back down to 205. So, um, but it does seem like he's he's kind of going through that transformation and, and thinking about heavyweight long term. So, but you're right. If he were to lose that heavyweight fight, um, 
the biggest fight for him would probably be to go back to, to 205, especially if Jan is, you know, has defended the title once or twice by then. So, yeah, I think there's a real possibility to see that fight. Mm. It would be hard to see John Jones just kind of toiling at heavyweight if, for example, he lost the title fight and then, mm. I don't know, lost the subsequent fight to like an Aganu. It's like, what do you do? Just become a, a middle of the range uh, heavyweight? I think he'd rather come back down. But I, I agree with you also on Israel that, like, he's beaten so many guys. If he continues to win, and that's a big if, then you got to think he's just going to go back up to 205 sooner than later. But when it comes to uh, Robert Whitaker, Paulo Costa, Marvin Vittori, and Darren Till, let's say Till and Whitaker both win. I know that Israel wants Till. Which one do you think the UFC would go with? Do you think they would just go with Till because that's what Israel wants and that's probably a fresh fight, a money fight? Or do you think there's any chance that Robert Whitaker slips in there just because, you know, he's he's kind of quietly cleaning out the division of of contenders and he would be, if, you, if we're talking who's more deserving, it would definitely be Robert Whitaker. Without question. And you just can't get around the fact that Rob just beat Darren Till no. last year. You know, that's the one that you can't get around. You can You can create narratives about you know, this guy is the up-and-comer, or this guy just needed, you know, Darren, I'm, I'm speaking of, this This guy was coming up from, from welterweight, and now he's really set in middleweight, and his victory over Marvin Vittori in a main event, and he's calling out Israel, and Israel is responding to that. And that, all of that could get him the title shot, if not for the fact that the guy he is in direct competition with just beat him not that long ago. So I, I just don't see Darren Till jumping him in line. I, I definitely think it's, it is possible. I mean, we've seen in this sport, that just about anything is, is possible. The UFC does tend to like to go with the with the moneymaker, of course. Um, but I, don't, I just don't think you can get around the fact that, that Robert just beat Darren. So that as long as Robert beats Costa, which is such a tough fight, I mean, such a tough fight for a non-title championship when, you know, you were on this run, you were champion, you defended the belt, you lost to one guy, and then you come back and beat, you know, the, the, two, the two big guys who were kind of looked at as sort of, you know, the next title contenders knocked out both, yeah. knocked off both of them until and Cannoneer to then have to go through Costa again just to get the title shot. I just don't think you could deny him at that point. And what about the journey that he took to become the champion in the first place? He was fighting all the contenders as well while waiting to get a title shot. I'm just curious with in regards to Israel's stock. Um, he handled the loss in a really classy way and people were just really kind of inspired where some of the stuff that he said, you know, the dare to be great stuff and just talking about the fact that, you know, if he was going to lose to someone, it, he's happy to lose to a guy like Yana, a classy champion. And a funny turn of events, it feels like a lot of fans have even a little bit more respect for Israel than before this fight. It kind of feels like even though he lost, his stock didn't really take too much of a hit. He was endearing in his loss. loss. He, was, he was absolutely endearing and people like him a lot in terms of the big selling fights. This hurts, you know, and uh, because not only did he he, he not become a, a, a double champion, which obviously would have raised his stock and opened up a, a world of, of options and, and kept the John Jones fight on the radar. But now it, it, it takes him back to 185, which we just said, what's the big fight for him at 185? I mean, the reason he wants Darren Till, I mean, yeah, I think he, he's drawn to it stylistically for sure. I know he is. He said that on multiple occasions. But why else is he drawn to that fight? He's drawn to that fight because it's new and it's and it's different and it's sellable. Darren Till is very popular. You know, Israel knows what, uh, both sides of this sport, sport and entertainment. And he, he, he does both of them very well. So to go back to a, a middleweight division in which, you know, his greatest challenge might be what after what I just said, Robert Whitaker. He knocked him out already, you know, and, and I personally am very interested in that fight. And I think it's it's nice that it's from a regional perspective. You still have the, the New Zealand Australia thing, but it's it's uh, it's not 
this this giant blockbuster fight, you know, and that that's what Izzy was always working towards. Every fight of his, he was almost kind of on that Conor McGregor path when McGregor was was running through and and um, you know having all of these huge events and becoming a megastar. That every fight seemed bigger than the last one, and that's not going to be the case for him the next time he he defends his his title. So, I don't think it hurt him his stock in a way. But it does limit his options, if that makes sense. Mm. He's still the same guy. He's still a, a star. But but what are his options? You know, you, you do, you can be a superstar in which it almost doesn't matter. But it, it always is helpful when you have the right dance partner. And, and right now, you know, Izzy's uh, list of dance partners is, is shorter, much shorter than it would have been if he won. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of times it's devastating when a guy loses the belt and then ends up kind of like a gatekeeper. Whereas in this case, Israel's still the champion. So, like, he didn't he didn't lose a whole lot. But, like, that, that whole touching the sky and John Jones at heavyweight, which would just be crazy, he doesn't have those options. I wonder how, how devastating you think losing that fight is because I feel like every few years, in the MMA world, we get this like giant super fight that people just chase after, um, almost a white whale, if, if you will. Like we never got GSP Anderson, we never got Fedor Brock Lesnar. Um, do you feel like this is kind of another one of those ones? And I'm not saying that we won't ever get it, but it just felt like, um, I don't know, one that would transcend the sport, given both guys' uh, you know, history, their, their propensity for trash talk. I feel like this is going to be a mammoth, mammoth fight. How devastating do you think it is that we, we may not get it? Yeah, for, for all the reasons you just said, it's, it's, it's definitely devastating. I will say, and I don't want to be... Um, I don't want to... Uh, I mean, f- for the record, when I came into 2021, they had me do a list of the top fights I want to see in 2021. And my number one was Israel versus John Jones. And it was for everything that you, would, you you just said, you know, because I think the buildup would have been amazing. I think if Israel was coming into it, was in a situation where he was a double champion, um, you just you can't write a script for kind of a bigger fight than that. I will admit, though, from a stylistic standpoint, I always thought that John was just was just too big. For for Izzy, I, I just thought that that most likely he would take him down, and I think after watching the Jan fight, from a stylistic standpoint, like that part of my brain that was saying like, how good is this fight really going to be? Um, I, that that was like very reinforced for me. So while I will mourn the loss of Jones and Adesanya right now, currently for what it could have done from a commercial standpoint, as far as as how intrigued I was at who was actually going to win that fight. Um, and again, and not saying that Israel couldn't have beat John Jones. And actually, as I was watching the first few rounds of that fight with with Jan, it was just like, man, he's he's defending those takedowns against the fence, and his, his striking is so good. But I, I don't know if if you if you line up some of those other fights that you mentioned, some of the super fights, and maybe we never saw from a competitive stylistic standpoint, I, this one was never one that like I personally, as a fan, had to see. I think it would have been a fun cover. I think it would have been a historic fight, but in terms of just what would have happened in the octagon, like there, there are, are a lot more matchups that intrigue me far more. Mm. Diego Sanchez, Conor McGregor, what could have happened? We'll probably never know. Um, <laughs> right there. And looking at things positively, Brett, what is a fight sort of that could happen in 2021 that you, you'd be excited for? Is there, is there sort of a dream matchup in any of the divisions with any of the champions that stand out to you now? Or is it with Khabib out of play, this Israel thing happening? Is it all pretty sort of low-key for the time being? No, I hate to give this answer, because I really do, because it's going to sound like I'm dismissive of Stipe Miocic, and uh, I'm not. He is the greatest heavyweight of all time, and I don't think anyone's coming close to that anytime soon. But the one that stands out to me is is Francis Ngannou and John Jones. If Francis Mm. Ngannou goes in and beats Stipe the way that he's been beating these other guys and knocks him out, 
And then you're talking about Francis, the scariest guy. I mean, you were talking about like marketing and this and that. The UFC marketing scare, uh, scary Francis Ngannou versus the GOAT and John Jones. I mean, that's that would be the narrative going into that fight. That's a super fight as well. And, and everyone is going to get on board with that because John was not really he wasn't selling like a, necessarily a super superstar at light heavyweight. But that was, you know, going back to the point of like you kind of need a dance partner a little bit. Um, and plus, John, you know, uh, to, to to be fair, um, you know, some of his last performances have not been um, earth shattering. They've just been, um, you know, I, a lot of people thought he lost to Dominic. Some people thought he lost to Tiago. Even if you thought he won those fights, they weren't like vintage John Jones where he was just mauling people. But people are still familiar with that name. He is still a household name. He's still recognized as probably the greatest of all time by most people, I think, especially here in the United States. And if you have that going against the scary Francis Ngannou, that that's a huge super fight. And stylistically, quite frankly, that that fight interests me more than uh, Izzy and Jones ever did. Mm. And I think also like for years when Jones talked about heavyweight, people thought that he would capitalize on maybe a smaller heavyweight or maybe a less dominant heavyweight and where the size disparity you know, wouldn't be as big. But uh, Francis is the definition of a heavyweight. So seeing John Jones kind of really at the top of the mountain would be a crazy thing to see. Um, I want to switch gears before we let you go, Brett. And obviously, you know, while we're talking about titles and title contenders, Leon Edwards takes on Bilal Muhammad this weekend in a very interesting fight for the division. Um, a win here for Leon would obviously make it nine in a row, which is already enough, more than enough for a title shot. However, through no fault of his own, you know, he hasn't fought in almost two years. Uh, and while Bilal is tough, he doesn't really have many elite wins on his resume. I'm just wondering, with a win over here, you know, in a main event, what do you think it wins? It, it gets Leon here. Do you think it locks in that next title shot? Or do you think it's more of a kind of reminder to the fans that, um, hey, I'm still here. I'm still at the top of the division. I think it probably gets in the Colby Covington fight, um, which in one which sense, could have happened right, already. That's the thing. That's what's weird about it. And I even asked Leon that when I saw him last week as I was like, you know, it kind of seems like Colby just didn't just doesn't have interest in fighting you and that not this time not before you know and I don't want to put Colby on blast I don't know what what his, his situation is but you know I mean he, he told you guys that this is he's not doing Leon any favors he's not taking that fight um so for him to turn down that fight and then for Leon to say okay well I'm willing to fight literally anyone I'm fighting I just want to fight I, I want to get back into the competition I want to remind people about how good I am for him to, to take the risk of fighting Bilal who is not a top-ranked guy, but is very, very, very talented, and fight at number 13. If he gets by him, then what? He just gets what he was trying to get anyway with, with Colby after Colby turned him down? I mean, that doesn't really seem fair to Leon, but it hasn't been fair two years for Leon. It hasn't been a fair three years for Leon. It, it was it was interesting. I was talking to his uh, manager, Tim Simpson, and he said, you know, it's crazy to think that, that he's been out for 20 months, and he wasn't injured during all that mm. time. But when we think about people who have been gone from the sport for 20 months, we're always talking about a torn ACL or a retirement or some type of injury. He just had super bad luck. I mean, during that time, there were there were several matchups made for him. There was a potential title fight at Fight Island. There was all these circumstances that just he, he, he could not take or that fell through for reasons that were really not his fault. So... It is crazy that he's coming back after all this time to a fight against Bilal Muhammad, which, again, is not to not discredit anything Bilal has done. But Leon deserves more than that. And so it's unfortunately, I think what this fight is for Leon is him showcasing the improvements he's made over the last two years, which his team believes are very, very significant. They say that, uh, you know, because he wasn't injured during that time, he actually has been working on his game for the last 20 months. And we forget that this guy's still only 29 years old. So 
they're saying that, that you're going to see a um, the best version of Leon that you've ever seen. And uh, if he makes a statement against Bilal, um, I think we're going to be talking about him. I think he's going to have a little bit of an easier time getting these fights. But uh, it's still the fight that he's been asking for for basically two years. And I think that that would be the Colby Covington fight. Yeah, so much on the line for Leon. Imagine if he loses. And Bilal, of course, stepping in. A lot of respect for him. So you still believe that it will be Masvidal versus Usman for the title? He was saying something about September, that interview in the, about, about the boxing. Do you still believe that's the move? I do, yeah. I, I don't know exactly when the fight will happen or what circumstances it will be. But, you know, I say I say this, and they already did move that past this this uh, matchup once, you know, and then it ended up still happening on six days' notice because Gilbert Burns got got COVID. But they the UFC did move on from this Kamaru Jorge fight once last year. Um, so it's it's not like they won't do it again. But I just think with the champ calling for it and you know being able to to sell it again on the idea that that Masvidal came in on six days' notice, I, I just think that it's it's so good for all, all parties involved that a deal will come come through, and I think that'll be the fight. Wow, there you go. Speaking of deals, what's the deal with your downstairs section? Uh, make sure your bush is nicely trimmed ahead of St. Patrick's Day. Remember, St. Patrick's Day is for pubs, not for pubes. And our good friends at Manscaped have the best grooming tool on the market and are helping you keep your balls smooth, making sure they constantly get licked. With the 7000 RPM motor, the LED light, and the waterproof features and skin-safe technology, it's a hell of a device. Isn't that right, Dennis? That's right, man. Gain some speed with your Manscaped uh, Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. But also, what about the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer? Or what about the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner? There's all sorts of things at Manscaped. So if you've already got something, don't think you've got it all because there's still a lot more to go. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code submission at manscaped.com. And also, Every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. So make sure to support a brand that supports an important cause and also uh, presents Submission Radio because we are presented by Manscaped. They've been absolutely great to us. Support Submission Radio yourself with Manscaped today. And also, Cass, while we're talking about people doing great things, MMA history today, what about these guys? absolutely killing it on social media you guys can follow them at mma history today on twitter or instagram they capture all of the great moments all the things that we've loved from mma history you know all the times when we were fans before we got into this game I'm like oh yeah i remember when this happened this was an awesome awesome moment and they were kind enough to send us their new poster um they do a great range it's called the art of fighting and they sent us the latest poster the art of fighting 15 the elite this thing is amazing make sure to go to mma history today dot com and uh, check out all the posters so many great ones Cass. what about the uh record breaker which was poster 13 boy mazadon knocking out ben Askren. a lot of great ones there jump on the website check them out and make sure to give them a follow yeah they're not sponsors of the show they're just they're just friends of the show and they're really really good guys always sending through those posters so a lot of love to them um speaking of love though how about Bilal muhammad man if you can go in there and pull off the upset uh shades of marvin vittori capitalizing going in there on short <laughs> notice against uh, jack hermanson and just skyrocketing himself to the top of the division a brand new contender um as we let you go brett uh, what's what's your prediction for this fight? How do you see this one playing out? Um, do you think Bilal can pull the upset, or do you think we're going to see this new uh, Leon Edwards 2.0, so to speak, with all his improvements uh, while he's been away? I think Bilal can definitely pull an upset, just because I think he is good. He's battle tested. I mean, he we we it's, he hasn't fought a top five guy, but we've seen him with with enough talented guys that it's not like we really don't know what we have with Bilal Muhammad. We just probably haven't seen his ceiling, and if we see it 
that, uh, in this fight, and we're going to have to see it uh, for him to win this one, um, you know, then we'll, we'll truly know how, how good the guy is. Leon is coming off of a long layoff. His team is talking it up like that's a good thing. Uh, sometimes it's not. It can be a very bad thing. And Bilal just fought a month ago. So he's got a little bit of momentum. He seems in a very, very good headspace. I, I'm going to go with, with I'm going to go with, maybe it's just his team's got me fired up. But but what they're saying about Leon is that, you know, because he went through all these camps, he went through a full camp for Tyron Woodley. He went through two full camps for Hamzat Shemaev. And now he sort of dropped this. He, he, he did have a lot of pressure on himself and some, some frustration about what was happening, what was not happening in his career. And it got to the point where it got so frustrating that he's basically kind of let that go. And he's like, I'm just going to be active. I'm going to compete. This is a privilege to, to, to just get in here in the first place. So I'm just going to treat it as such. And I'm not going to try and look too far ahead. He seems like in a good mental space as well. So I think this could be a breakout for, for Leon. And it could be a really big reminder of how good he is and um and if he does look that good, and uh, he's never been great on the mic, but if he if he just can put together a halfway decent call out of Colby Covington, I think I think he's going to be on his way. Well, he is the face that runs the place. Make sure to follow Brett on social media at B Okamoto ESPN. Of course, a lot of thirst trap posts on Instagram for all the fans <laughs> out there, and of course, breaking news. And you 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 uh, you also um, break down, commentate, and report MMA. Is that right, Brett, or is it just <laughs> yeah? Like I dabble. I dabble. <laughs> he dabbles a little bit. Of course, he is facing all the ESPN uh, broadcast and amazing work from the man. We appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule, Brett. And um, yeah, let us know when that OnlyFans account starts <laughs> up. And um, and maybe, you know, with a percentage, uh, you know, we can retire and stop doing the show. <laughs> As much as you text me asking me to start it, man, I'm getting closer and closer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Better come out, everybody. <laughs>